Welcome to the Inspired by Jacqueline podcast, a refreshing place for women struggling with entrepreneurship, faith, or infertility. Stay tuned for today's episode. Hey everyone, welcome again to another exciting episode of Inspired by Jacqueline. So let me tell you a little bit about Jennifer. I'm not going to share the entire bio. You know where to find that in the show notes, but I do want to share a little bit and then I'll have her elaborate. Jennifer Guzman is a Latina multi-hyphenated. Yeah, I stopped there because I love that. I had to find the definition for that. I'm like, oh my gosh, I love that word right now. Mompreneur from Washington Heights. She is a financial advisor with several years of experience in accounting, personal finance coaching, and a co-author of Never Fear Your Fire. Even when considering the taboos and stigmas surrounding mental health within her culture, Jennifer passionately vocalizes her experience as a survivor of domestic violence and as a mother overcoming severe postpartum depression and anxiety. Okay, all of that just got me all excited to hear more. Do you want to elaborate on on a few of those things I shared? Oof. And welcome. (laughs) First of all... First of all, it's an honor to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was great meeting you at the event from Bella Magazines because that's where actually we actually met. Yeah. And now we're here. <laughs> I'm, I'm here at your podcast, so it's it's actually an honor. Um, I mean, where to start? Thesis. Um, yeah, I'm I vocalize a lot men- mental health because of my own journey of motherhood. So you know, I feel like motherhood is one of the most important titles for me out of all of them. Out of being a financial advisor, out of being a financial coach, out of being an author just because of how much it has taught me and how much I've transformed and like evolved from that. So I did went through postpartum depression. And while I was facing that, I was also in a very toxic relationship with the father of my son. So it was very difficult dealing with the two. But that actually taught me a lot about myself and about the meaning of motherhood. And that's when I actually even took entrepreneurship more to heart because mm-hmm. I felt like I found my voice during that experience. And I came out of that willing to give it all and then developing and finding more about my purpose. So, and wait, yeah. you just recently graduated. Tell me a little bit about that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, thank you. So I just got my master's from Rutgers University. I applied for the program when I was pregnant with my son. I think I was like about four months pregnant uh, and I did it because I was you know, in this relationship and it was toxic since then. And I didn't want to leave because, you know, my parents taught me like, you have to stay with the parents of your kids. It's not healthy. You're apart, blah, blah, blah. So it's like that cultural, you know, the cultural beliefs and what they taught me growing up. So I stayed and for me, the only option of providing something more for my son was going to school during that time. So that's why I applied for the graduate program. And I initially wanted to go for the PhD, but then it was very difficult to run a business, being a single mom, because I became a single mom when my when my son uh, was four months old, and then you know doing this graduate program, it was so much. So I'm like, you know what? I I don't think I could make it through the six years. I'll settle for the master's, and if it's in God's purpose for me to later on pursue that PhD, I could go back, and and I'm willing to go back. Right. You know, I love I love I love to I love education. I love to learn. So I'm that's never like the issue for me. The issue for me during that time was like I want to be there for my son because he doesn't care about me bringing money to the house or luxuries or whatever he cares about having his mom there and he was a kid mm-hmm. so you no know, my son needed me to, uh and and I chose my son in my business amazing and that is a great way to to start off this episode because I feel that that's very important when I read your bio it was key and to bring full circle and understanding that yes we have a heart for becoming an entrepreneur but many of us have to decide what's truly important for us for me I feel there's no true such thing as a balance between personal life and work but we're able to find those little pieces 
pieces that, okay, where is it that we're putting our concentration on? What is the most important focus that I need to have at the moment? And for you, your son is prime and you build from that. So I give you all kudos because defining that and at such a young age, because I have to throw that out there is just amazing. So I'm really looking into this conversation because I want to find out a little bit more about all those nuggets that you're going to share with us. But before that, how do you start your mornings? Well, for me, mornings are very important. I'm glad you asked that because it sets the day for me. So whenever I miss my morning routine, I feel like I, my days are not the same. You're lost. Yeah, yeah. So I start by hydrating. So I wake up, I have a cup of water. I'm a coffee lover. But (laughs) yeah, but the first thing that I do is, you know, I grab a cup of water and I hydrate myself. I do a breathing session. Sometimes I meditate. So I'm I'm on a journey of meditating. I'm not perfect there. But you know, I I like the way I'm I'm, uh, progressing with it. Then I journal a lot. And Mm. I journal because that's my way of talking to God. You know, everybody does different. Sometimes, people just pray in their minds or allow for me I have to speak to God by writing and I do that journaling I do my affirmations and then sometimes I do a short workout in the morning at home and I just have my cup of coffee which I enjoy in silence before my son wakes, wakes up <laughs> yeah I love that yes so true I mean I think I need to do a little bit more of drinking water because that's what I've always had so much trouble with is drinking water <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to drink water when it's so cold so that it just, I feel the freshness of it. When it's just bland, I'm like, "Mm, this ain't working out right now. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah. So tell me what is, before I ask you one question that I have in mind, you mentioned that you're an entrepreneur. Explain to me what exactly is your company? What do you do? And how did you get started into being an entrepreneur? Well, I started in 2018, actually. I was pretty young. I was like 19 years old and I was in college pursuing my bachelor's. I started in network marketing and, you know, I was struggling a lot because to be honest, to be a first generation entrepreneur in an industry that's pretty new, it's difficult because you come across very challenging beliefs. And to be honest, my family was like, what is that you're doing? Like, you know, there was like so much negative talk on that side that it kind of just, it's like you're wrestling with what you want to do with what everybody else is saying. So that's how I started. And I stuck around for a bit. Then I stopped. I stopped the business for a while. Then I got pregnant and I had a part-time job remotely because I got pregnant during COVID. Mm. And yeah, and then that that's when a, a friend of my father, actually, we had a conversation. She's like, why don't you start your own tax business? And I'm like, great. that's like a great idea. I have a financial firm that I started on my own when my son was like a newborn. Mm-hmm. And basically what I focus on is providing a variety of financial services to uh, individuals and small businesses in the community. And I really focus on, you know, just having those services being affordable and accessible where I live in Washington. Washington Heights. It's like a melting pot. You have a very diverse community. Uh-huh. And most people are Spanish speaking and they lack a lot of the financial education that they need when it comes to accounting taxes. So I focus a lot on providing those things so that it could be accessible to them, right? Things in Spanish, workshops in Spanish when it comes to taxes and finances. And aside from that, right now, uh, launching within my firm in Academy, where I'm exclusively exclusively going to focus on providing coaching to women so that they can revolutionize the way that they're becoming financially empowered. And the, the way I want to approach this is by making them realize that becoming financially empowered and independent is not only about learning about money. There's other things that we need to prioritize and that is mental health, our mm-hmm. self-discovery and development, and our mindset. So if you, if we work on those things and there's a balance between them and we keep working on them, then our journey to becoming financially independent and empowered is going to be more easier. And then from that, I also teach uh, different strategies so that they can become uh, the wealth builders of their family. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, women in our communities are really not taught secondary yes right you don't sit in the table with your husband to talk about money decisions right it's it's them making that and and i've seen that through generations of my family so 
now that I'm a provider, it's like very important for me to take this to the next le- next level with my own experience and teach that to mm-hmm. other women, other mothers, other young mothers want to be entrepreneurs. So yeah. I that's- love that. Oh my gosh. So what do you think is the most common myth about being an entrepreneur and building a company with cultural values? Well, I can't answer this question in two ways. So if we look into the cultural side, it is the wrestle between the ideas of an entrepreneurship and a career. So talking from personal experience, my family didn't see entrepreneurship as something that could take you to be somebody successful. You had to pursue a career. You had to go to college. You had to get a degree and get a corporate job. That's the way that they, the traditional way for them to go. So it's like you're battling with that. And it's it's very hard when you're trying to build a company from the ground up um, on your own when you have the people in the back that you think should support you the most because it's your family telling you go pursue a career go to college Mm -hmm. this is not the way to go so that's one way of of just approaching this and then i would say the other one is when it comes to us entrepreneurs or when we're starting is that we want to go this way because one, we're going to be super independent because we're not going to have a boss to report to. Uh, there's going to be so much time. And the other one is this is the way to make money fast. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people, I think there was a time where, or I I, don't, I think it might still be that, where it's people do it because it's trendy. Entrepreneurship yeah. should not be something that's trendy, right? You're, You're not like, gonna- oh, I know how to make this. So I may know how to make that. Let me start a business. Not understanding the full gamut of what it entails. Yeah. Honestly, I believe that there's entrepreneurship is one of the most rewarding. I would I would call it a career, to be honest. I would call it a mm-hmm. career. It is very rewarding when it comes to both ends of the spectrum where the skills that you learn that could be just as the skills that you might learn when you are chasing a career, but just the way that you are both personally it is just unexplainable. I feel like it is very hard for you to go there if you're in a corporate job because there's so much limitations. And and I just love that. I just love the freedom when it comes to the business of entrepreneurship, to be honest. And I'm glad that you shared that because you, you, again, I'm going to go back to being younger than me. It took me years to get to that level because I grew up similar mindset, like my parents never got to college. So, you know, me going to college was a big deal. And, but I always knew that there was something that, you know what, I'm just going to do this because, you know, I like math. So I ventured into accounting, but I wasn't like in love with accounting and I was in accounting for 15 years. And it wasn't until, you know, I think my creative side as an event planner that I am was evolving throughout the years. And And then it was when I got laid off one time, I was like, let me just jump into it. And then that's where everything started for me. So I kind of understand where you're coming from in reference to being that first generation entrepreneur, because my mother had no clue. She was like, oh yeah, but do you have your full-time job? (laughs) It's like, um, this is a job. This is my career that I'm looking forward to go. Yeah, but do you have a full-time job that's paying your bills? You know, it took me a while to really say, you know what? I know what's in her mind that there's this quote-unquote insecurity in being an entrepreneur. Yes and no. Because you explained it very clear as to once you, you know, line up everything that you feel is important, you can grow your entrepreneurship into a fabulous career. So it's having that mindset and that strength to say, you know what, I'm going to pursue this and I'm going to pursue it with all my might. So thank you for sharing that. You know, like I said, it took me a few years more to get to that level, but I give you, you know, all kudos for venturing out of that box of that cultural, you know, mindset mindset and say, you know what, this is what I really want. I wanted to even mention going back to a comment you just made is for them, my parents didn't even go to college either. They didn't even graduate high school, you know, like back home, you know, the mo- the farthest you could go just because of the lack of money and resources because they were poor. It's like you would probably go up to the second grade in high school. You know, my grandmother never went to school because she yeah. was supposed to be home, you know, doing the shores and 
taking care of everybody and helping her mom. So back when my grandmother grew up, she was not allowed to go to school. Back when my mother grew up, she only was able to go up to second grade. Mm -hmm. My father, I think my father graduated high school, but that was set, right? You graduated high school and it's like, there's nothing else. Now you have to go get a job so that you could get money. It's like completely different. So bringing us here, immigrating to this country and coming to the States is like the opportunity for my kids to get a better better future than us. So for them in their mind, the only way was a college College. Yeah, totally understand. So with that, what do you consider to be the one of the biggest misconceptions of being a first generation entrepreneur? I think I can tie that back to mindset because of how I grew up. So I would say the fact that in order for you to succeed as an entrepreneur, you have to be on the hustle 24 mm-hmm. seven, the fact that you have to be like, you have to be a workaholic, because like my father taught me that if you're you, you shouldn't be sitting like if you're sitting you're you're lazy i i kind of trans you transfer that to when i was becoming an entrepreneur and i was neglecting a lot of you know my personal health and i'm still trying to get over those beliefs because just a while back i was pretty sick for two months mm. because i was working so hard and i was trying to do so many things and it's like you know these these are the things that learn lead to burnout and you're not actually being efficient and you get disappointed and it's like jesus it's like your body's yelling at you because you are trying to think that in order for you to succeed you really need to be a workaholic that there's mm-hmm. that you know team no sleep like no I totally agree with you. When I first started that transition between corporate into entrepreneurship, I, I was pushing myself. And I was pushing myself mostly because I wanted not so much to be known, but I needed to be in the know and get to meet. I was all about building relationships. Mm -hmm. And once I got through the fact that I knew how to network, because I had this whole fear of networking. And it wasn't until my partner really kind of gave me a whole simple education on networking that I just fell in love with it. I was like, oh, okay, I I have a nice flow now. I felt like I needed to be in every single networking event to connect with people. But that's time that you have to invest out of your private space and time and mind, right? And so it was just like one day after the other, after the other, after a few years, I was so burned out. I was like, I have to take a step back. I have to analyze everything because I have to take educated steps to ensure that I'm not burning out mentally to know that I have a job to still do, right? My career has to still move along. Mm -hmm. So I have to be really careful and cautious how I attend so many events. So I totally cut the events that I go to. I specifically choose the events based on my time, the investment of time. What am I doing that week? And it will be an overload with the travel be because that's another thing, adding travel to it based on how much you have to travel to and from, you know, is it around the corner or is it two hours away? So all of those things you don't really think about. You're just like, okay, let me get there. Let me do what I need to do. And yeah, it might've been great, but then I have to drive back two hours or, you know, all of that takes time. So definitely I have this thing about hustling. I understand the concept, but we also have to keep in mind that we have to take care of ourselves and our mind. Yes. I think that's a priority. I I always say, if you're not well, anything else is not well. And I say it, but sometimes it's like, you have to practice what you preach sometimes. You know, we're humans, we make mistakes. Yeah, (laughs) so it, it, it does definitely take time to overcome the systems and beliefs that you were taught and that you grew up seeing. Like I grew up seeing my father work Monday to Monday from 6 a.m. to 8 p.m., right? And it's like, and then I saw my mother doing the same thing. So it's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna replicate the same lifestyles, right? Yeah. So it's very difficult to get over that. But, you know, the fact that I'm more aware um, and I wanna make the changes and I'm taking little steps. I, I, I get desperate sometimes and disappointed and guilty, but I feel like giving myself gratitude when those times come and knowing like I have to be good because first my kid, you know, if I'm not physically and mentally well, then I can not be present 
and and you know do my role as a mother and then when it comes to my business right i have to be mentally and, and physically well so yeah definitely prioritizing that so we've chatted about entrepreneurship we've chatted about burnout and you know being mentally well as well describe your family nucleus because you mentioned a lot you know your your son but also being in a culture that requires more of this understanding you're you're kind of in this imbalance right now right that you're trying to gain your independence based on the beliefs that you have and your mindset but still struggling with your actual family nucleus and culture yes uh, it's a day-to-day struggle to be honest because my family I have to say it's very traditional and I would say most are pretty conservative and I would say mo- mostly the men my grandmother I would say she's kind of conservative just because I don't blame her you know the way she just was raised. Um, she was raised to be a wife, um, a caretaker. So that's all she knows. But I try to change that for her in the ways that I try to make her realize that she has to put herself first. Because till this day, she's provided, like in a way, just providing for her sons and their grownups. <laughs> right. And then when it comes to my mother, she's pretty much more open to what I'm trying to do. It is a lot to, you know, a lot of expectations to meet on both ends where it's like, okay, if you chose the entrepreneurship side of it, then you have to make it happen for you, mm-hmm. right? Because you're you're making us believe that this is a career, this is a job. And so it's, it's that, you know, side of the spectrum is like, I have to kind of just meet those expectations because I'm trying to show them that this is also a way to go instead of a career. And then I have the lenient part uh, where my mom is so supportive, but it's also very hard because it's like you're going to break generational curses mm-hmm. and generational traditions. So it's also hard because I have a lot of expectations to meet on both ends. So that's a more like my family nucleus, but there's like a lot of love anyways. There's love, mm-hmm. there's respect. I feel like with time, they have become more open to listen to anything that I'm doing and even support me like now with this book release mm-hmm. oh, they all book, bought a book I know they're not gonna like maybe my sister and my mother and my brother are gonna read it but they're not gonna read it but they're supporting me and yeah. and it, it warms my heart that they're trying to take those little steps even if all of them are not super you know into the entrepreneurship world yeah. but you know it takes time to just and it's those little steps that really count a lot look at where the generations are now with you know the structure of work is so different than when I was growing up. It's like mind boggling. I'm like, oh my gosh, I wish I was born now. It is completely different. And I think the fact that it's they're always uh, talking about that corporate job is because of the security that, you know, they think it brings for us. But at the end of the day, it's like we have a different perspective as of now, right? The world has evolved so much that we don't look at a corporate job the same way anymore. We know that we could do so much more just by being a business owner. And, and why not do it? You know, why not do it? To be honest, my mother, I feel like more of my entrepreneurship spirit comes from my mother because back home, while my, while my father was living here in the States and she was over there uh, raising me and my little sister, she used to tailor, um, you know, like just dresses, just she used to do everything, sometimes makes and meat, you know, like yeah. food and stuff. So it's she, instead of going to work, she did that. Um, you know, it's like trying to just hustle because she didn't have any other choice. So I could definitely relate to part of this, your personal story that you're sharing. And so share a little bit about your experience on motherhood as an entrepreneur. And would you share with young mothers who are hopefully listening in on how they can start a business, even though they're transitioning with everything that's happening in their journey? It has been challenging, to be honest, and very transparent as at times it's frustrating because when you're doing everything on your own and you have a little kid and it's like you have to find time to split between your business and your son and sometimes you might end up not having time for yourself and that's when you get frustrated because it's like when is it gonna have be time for me but I think the way to go about this personally is trying to build systems you know and giving yourself gratitude motherhood is not easy and mostly 
when you're a first time mom and you're young, it is not easy. I would say go along with the journey and be patient. Give yourself grace. Give yourself the love that you need because nobody else is going to give it to you. And I would say other than that, when starting a business, make sure that you're setting systems in place so that when you're working, you're working. But when you're with your kids, you're with your kids. Because I went through that. I went through a time where I was spending time with my son and in the back of my head, I was thinking about business. And mm-hmm. it's like I was not being present. And your kids feel, feel they feel that. Like you're not being present there with them and they're trying to interact with you. So I would say like, regardless of what you do, stop listening to what all the gurus on online uh, say where it's like, like you have to sacrifice everything in order to succeed. That's not true. You build the systems that work for you in order for you to succeed and that you can just be in alignment with the goals that you want to achieve. So if you know exactly what you're pursuing with your business, with your brand, with your vision, if you really know what you're after and you could build little goals that could take you to the bigger one and you build systems from that then you're definitely going to be able to set time for work and to be with your kids and actually be a mother and then along the way find time for yourself because again you have to prioritize you yeah i i love that you share that because it's so important that we start hearing more about that about it's not just about work 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 even when we say to ourselves we're taking off but we're really our mind really is not taking off right and we're not being present so that Mm -hmm. is very on point with making sure that you are taking the time for you and for your family. So thanks for sharing that. So how do you deal with disappointments as an entrepreneur? (laughs) (laughs) Uh Oh, we got to a good one here. Oh God. Um, if you would ask me this question a few years ago, I would say complete frustration and this and 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 just I want to give up. Like this is not for me. But you're asking the Jennifer from now. And I would say when I come across any type of disappointments, I would the first thing that I do is like I de- if you detach yourself from the outcome in the sense that the outcome of whatever you're doing does not define your worth, it's easier to deal with those disappoints because you're lo- you will look at them from an out of sight frame right you i would say just be reflective about whatever you're going through whatever disappointments you're facing embrace embrace it because it's going to happen you're going to feel disappointed about anything like even if you're screwed up on i don't know typo <laughs> like oh my god i just sent this email to a, to another ceo and i just did a typo like like how could i do that like that could be a very frustrating thing sometimes oh, little yeah. things but i would say just embrace it we're humans we make mistakes and your mistakes are going to make you grow into somebody better and smarter and stronger. So let the disappointments come, embrace them. If it, it causes some pain, if it triggers something, just step back, relax, breathe, and move forward. Don't let them keep you stuck, right? Mm-hmm. And, and don't make them define your worth at all, because that's actually like how I've learned to deal with them. And, and we're on tune, you and I, with that, because I'm always sharing take a step back and breathe. You need to give yourself that time because you have to detach yourself from what you think you're experiencing and really be in the light and see what it is that just happened. Analyze it because it may not be that bad. And there's certain things, like you said, the typo, I've experienced that. And I'm holding my breath like, oh my gosh, did I just do that? Yeah. It's like, why do I have AOL? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, little things like that just happen. Yeah. Like, come yeah. on. We're here. So, yeah. And I've learned how those little things can, like, you know, this is an effect that happens on your body and your mind. And then it trickles down to your body and all the muscles are just stiff where it's really taking control over your body. So it's a big impact. Something small as that can be so impactful. At the end of the day, if it wasn't meant for them to, whether it's a business deal or a proposal or whatever, at the end of the day, if they're just holding on that little typo, then it's not meant to be. Right. It's not. It's not worth it. So do you have any regrets? I don't. I have to say I don't have any regrets because anything that I've experienced so far, I've come out better. And the lessons that I've learned from that, they have allowed me to evolve into into a better Jennifer. Mm -hmm. To be honest, even, you know, when I got pregnant, which it was kind of unexpected, I'm like, this is going to stop me from 
going forward. Like now I'm going to have to spend more time taking care of a kid and whatever. But then it's just like it all changed. And it was actually even better. Like I started seeing it as a disappointment, as a, as a regret. Like why am I pregnant? So why didn't it happen before? <laughs> Because motherhood really has transformed me in amazing ways and I don't regret an inch of it. Like the way that I am now, it's I would not change it for anything. And I look forward to making more mistakes along the way so that I can learn more lessons and that I can evolve into a better me. And I love, again, you're sharing so many great nuggets. You shared something that I wholeheartedly believe, which is learning from your mistakes. There is no such thing as a mistake being the end of the world because every single mistake has a learning nugget. It has a tip in there. It has advice. It has a new path that it can show you. And so a mistake is just a new way to see something and to redirect you because maybe you needed redirection or a fuller understanding. Yes, I completely agree. Sometimes you come across a storm because you need to pivot. And We see that pivot as like something crazy, but you need that pivot. And who knows that God? Because he sent it your way. Exactly. He's not going yeah, to give you a fight that you can't win at the end of the day. And so I know since we started our conversation, uh, you mentioned God. Yeah. Do you describe to me how important faith is to you? It's been important since I was a little kid because it is one of the core values that I was taught since growing up. I have to say my relationship with God and my faith is not the strongest want, but I seek every day to work on it because it's not easy. I feel like I was taught many conservative ways of having your relationship and understanding, you know, religion and God. And sometimes it damages, it damages the way that you want to build a relationship with, you know, a spiritual relationship with God. So I felt like I punished myself a lot for not having a perfect relationship because it's like growing up, that's all I heard, having that perfect relationship with God. So sometimes, it hurts me that I don't have that but then I feel empathetic for myself because it's why would I have a perfect relationship with all where all humans would make mistakes you know so it's like but what the question is what is a perfect relationship with God if it's I don't even if it's something that's supposed to be uniquely between you and God what is a perfect relationship right exactly it's a great question because I say a perfect relationship with God because that is one of the most repetitive words that comes in mind when I was growing up going to church and and seeing my grandfather preach it's like you have to have a relationship perfect relationship with God in order for him to love you right Right. so it's it's the words like that that can damage the way that as an adult now tries to constantly build that faith and that relationship with God because I have that sometimes that you know that thought pops in my head where it's like oh my grandfather just said that right so (laughs) like I mentioned to him that I talked to God by writing he's like he's not listening to you right so just you know just comments like that crush you Mm -hmm. when you're in that journey where it's like I'm not I don't know how to talk to God through like with talking with him on my mind like I have to write and and if I can do it that way and if that's the only way that I know how to do it it's okay but you know comments like that just make it very hard to to walk along this journey but I still try to stay at you know head above water and and Mm. moving because God is very vital in, in many of the things that I do. Because, um, mm. you know, that's how I grew up. Yeah, I, I, my faith, my relationship with God has been different in many aspects of my life, but stronger. And there came a time in my life that I understood the difference between having a relationship with God and the overall essence of what others think that mm. is. And I have a relationship with God based on me just releasing everything onto him. And I feel that from what you were sharing that you, that's what you do. And I feel that that's the first step, just releasing everything. And then just holding on because that faith is going to kind of tumble at times because Mm -hmm. we're human. Mm -hmm. But as long as you have that belief and that you know that that's going to hold you and build a foundation uh, for your future and your present time and your mind and everything, it's it's your focal point, Mm -hmm. right, in your life. So what is something surprising you have learned about yourself, let's say, within the last year? Within the last year. I felt like my tenacity of 
just moving forward. Like last year was pretty difficult because I was separated from my son for a while. So I have to say like I was very emotionally like depressed. Like having my son away like when I've never been separated from him, it was very hard. And it was very challenging. It was it was a big deal. So I would say it it motivated me to work harder on mm. on everything because that's like I have to have my son by my side. So like my tenacity of not le- not letting life circumstances crush me, you know, I come across a wall and I walk around it. I go down a valley and I come out of there stronger and with bigger lessons to live by. So I would say within the last year, that's one of the things. And I would say another thing is not letting fear stop me from going forward. I feel like I've heard a lot the fact that there's better things on the other side of fear. And I feel like you we would not believe that until you actually experience it yourself. And right. I think that's one of the things that I did last year. Just really just looking at things on the other side of fear. They're way better and and it's it, it, it can amaze me on how many things you do when you're, you use fear as a, as a fuel instead of like just stopping you from going forward. Yeah. And it's kind of like stepping out of that comfort box mm-hmm. because whether it's the industry that we're in or family or uh, life in general, it tends to kind of push us into a box, but mm-hmm. it's up to us. And what I hear you saying is your tenacity has just allowed you to step out of that box, take fear in your hand and just even though you can't see it move ahead because you know what you're working towards yes for sure that's awesome do you feel and i know you say you're from washington heights do you feel that where you grew up impacted who you became yes i would say in certain ways it did because it gave me a clear vision of where i wanted to go i know what i knew where i didn't want to be because i know a lot of what you see around here so it's like now that i'm even a mother i'm like it even motivates me more to get out of here because mm-hmm. I because I want to make sure that I can provide so much better for my son. I'm very thankful for growing up here because it, it built up a lot of my character with the things that you see and you experience um, and even through the school system. But, you know, it's like you either use your environment to become that or to inspire you to be get out of it. What do you do during your time off? Well, I try to go, for instance, like on weekends, Sundays, I try to always take my son to the park. And I love spending time with nature. I love the fresh smell of the trees, the sound of the breeze. I love also the ocean water and just be silent with nature. I love doing that because I get into this like reflective mode, like appreciating my existence and myself. And mm-hmm. and it's pretty unique, you know, because we basically live right now in a fast world where yeah. we're either on the phone, we're either working or sleeping or I don't know. Just and nature slows you down for sure. It, exactly. It, it's your reality check. I think yeah. that's what it is. Yes, that is so true. I think that, yeah, yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> I love nature. But if you're like me, that it is not a hiker or any, you know, afraid of all the bugs and lizards and everything out there, you can still find a way to enjoy. So what gives you motivation? I would say the first thing is wanting to show my son a different aspect of life, you know, just coming from where I come from, seeing the things that I saw when I was growing up. That's one of my biggest motivations is just showing him another side of life. You know, you can live intentionally and you could live a joyful life without the the crazy things that happen on a day to day. And then the second thing would be just showing gratitude to my parents in a way that during their retirement, I am able to take care of them because... Mm -hmm. If we're honest right now, there's people that are retired, but they're working a part time. So that's actually not really retirement. So for me, it's like I want to show them how grateful and how appreciative I am of their sacrifices and their hard work by giving them back something, whether it's like having them travel the world or doing things that they love that they never could were able to do because they were working all the time. So, yeah. And they'll probably appreciate it a whole lot for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what is the most crucial trait someone needs to possess as an entrepreneur? Oh, that's a great question. Can I say two? Mm-hmm. 
Okay. Hear more if you want. <laughs> so number one, I would say adaptability. Mm. And number two is being a great listener. So I think entrepreneurship, one of the things is the being able to develop the skill of, of leadership. In order for you to be a great leader, you have to be able to listen very carefully because you don't want to just have people to follow you just because you want to make sure that you listen to your people because entrepreneurship is not about business it's about people right so if you can't listen to what people are telling you um whether it's feedback whether it's what they need or how you have to improve yourself also then you know you're never gonna become a great leader and i say adaptability because you have to be aware that in this journey of entrepreneurship there's going to be a lot of times where you're required to pivot mm -hmm. and you will try to wrestle with the fact that you don't want to pivot, but you have to pivot. So you have to adapt to the circumstances that you come across. And also it's like in every aspect of life, you have to adapt to whatever, you know, to wherever you come across. So adapt to when you have to build a team because it's required. Like right now I'm I'm going through that adaptability where it's like, you cannot do it all by yourself. You cannot hold so many yeah. titles and so many hats when you're trying to scale a company. So you have to adapt to the fact that you have to learn how to train people so that you can delegate and that you could step back as the CEO and let people just show you who they are and if they're great to be part of the team. So that's also part of ability and, and great traits that an entrepreneur should have. <laughs> and how hard is it for you to let go? Oh my God. <laughs> It's so hard. It is so hard. I talk about delegate, but <laughs> like you need to have people on your team that really check you because I'm very hard at letting go. I love to be very hands-on and I've been like that since I was in, in high school and middle school where when we were had when we had like uh group projects, I wanted to do it all because I was trying to be a perfectionist and I wanted things to be done a certain way. <laughs> And now, you know, now as a CEO and, and running my business is like some of those traits are still like showing mm -hmm. up along the way. But I feel like if you really want to succeed in certain areas and if you want to create a certain balance and, and maybe just time for yourself, time for my son, you have to learn to delegate so that you could yeah. take that time and work on yourself when it comes to your business because at the end of the day, we have to constantly continue to develop our, ourselves as CEOs as leaders as students because we, all, we always should be a student of the game and then let other people do the the job that they're good at doing because that's why you hire them so right now it's like I'm learning to let go of certain things I'm becoming a little good at it but there's times where I'm trying to be too involved so <laughs> <laughs> so you yeah, know it's, it's stepping I'm away yeah I'm being honest because it's like it's very hard it's very hard so do you think it's stepping away only or stepping away and being Latina and <laughs> <laughs> oh god <laughs> yeah maybe that maybe it's the last one <laughs> I don't know so... <laughs> Oh my gosh. What's the most valuable lesson you've learned in life? Well, most valuable lesson, putting myself first. Mm. Because it's not worth it when you try to please so much people, then where do you live yourself, right? Mm. If if we realize this and we change this early on in our lives, we we will actually live more fulfilling. We would you know, so I say that because I spent a lot of years trying to pursue a career that my parents wanted me to pursue. And I was not completely happy, but I was doing it because I wanted to make them proud. Right. And in other aspects of life, I also try to, you know, even sometimes in relationships, we live to fulfill our partners and not ourselves. Mm -hmm. So I think when you learn that when you learn the importance of putting yourself first and giving yourself filling that filling out your cup first so that later on you feel so you find somebody that you can pour a little bit in and you have to be intentional and aware on who you're pouring to. Yeah. 
because it could be very drained. Like it could be. I was just going to say it can drain you depending on who it is. Yeah. 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 So you have to be very aware of that. So yeah. Putting yourself first for sure. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) This is a hard question. This is a hard question. I think, okay. I think is giving people the power of being fearless Mm -hmm. because I felt like we would be living more meaningful lives. I think we will stop sitting on great ideas. We will stop sitting on investments. We was just don't care about. I feel like we fear a lot of things because one of it is uncertainty. But we are so scared of not being accepted by everybody else with mm. what we and that fear just sinks you so deep that it paralyzes you so you know i would really love to have that superpower of not letting fear i like that so as from everything that that we shared and we discussed today what are either two or three or four takeaways that you want the listeners to take with them i would say that the most important choice that there is is to put yourself first Mm -hmm. at any point in life. It doesn't matter what is it that you're doing, what is it that you're going through. Put yourself first and make sure that whatever you do fulfills you and not nobody else. Make sure that you're doing things to make yourself proud, not nobody else. Make sure that you're doing things to prove yourself right, not anyone else. I feel like right now we're so caught up in a world where with social media, it could be very useful, but also it is so damaging where we are portraying ourselves to be somebody that we're not. And it's like we're living this dualistic life where behind the camera and the scenes, we're so miserable, but we're so happy and and we're and cheerful and in front of the camera just for somebody else. So I guess just considering a lot, do what makes you happen in point, point period blank. Like that's it. it awesome. There's no, there's no and, and on an entrepreneur side, what would you share with people who are starting their would, journey? Yeah, I would say do not let your business determine your worth mm. because a lot of us think we are the business so if the business doesn't exist then there's no us and at the end of the day you matter most and make sure that in order for you to build a fruitful business whether you want to build impact or whatever vision or goal you have with your business make sure that most time most of the time that you're spending you're spending it on developing and growing yourself because if you do that, then you're setting yourself more for success in operating and scaling and building a business that's worthwhile. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Awesome. And so is there something that I haven't asked that you want to share with the listeners? Honestly, I just want to highlight that as entrepreneurs, we should not just go with the wave of being a workaholic. Try to find time for yourself, for your mental health. I started therapy not long ago, and it has been the best decision ever because it really helps you be more efficient on other aspects of your life because you're releasing so much. Do you think that by your releasing to your cousin or your friend, you're doing enough? Like, no, get yourself a therapist. It is very helpful. Um, invest in yourself very often and don't be afraid because you're not going to regret it. I think growth, constant growth and evolution in oneself is the one thing that we should be uh, aiming for. Because to be honest, the way that I've evolved by just making constant investments in coaching, mentoring, I have to say I've never saw myself getting this far. Mm-hmm. And just the transformation, because at the end of the day, you're not going to be able to do it by yourself ever. Yeah. And this is not a one. This this is not a, a one person thing. It mm-hmm. takes it's gonna take a village and you're going to you're going to have to take that that decision because maybe the reason why you're not scaling is because of that, because you're reframing from building a team, investment in, in investing in, in coaches and mentors or masterminds. Like, don't be afraid to do that. And the other thing that I would say is just realize that your voice would always be found in your experiences. So mm-hmm. never be ashamed on sharing with people where you've come from because the fact that you're here today is no mistake we're all walking a different path with the same purpose of, of finding out why we're here mm-hmm. um, why god chose us because it's us 
you know, it could have been somebody else. So yeah. just just know that you're not here for because of a mistake. Like you're right. here to fulfill something and just keep moving forward to finding out and developing that the answer to that question. Because we're all awesome. matter here. Shade themselves for that and give their self acknowledgments. Awesome. So can you share where the listeners can find you? Uh, share your company and your social media platforms and whatever information you want to share. I know you mentioned about a program that you're looking to start in the future. So will that live on your website, etc.? <laughs> yeah, sure. So social media, it's uh, by CEO underscore Jenny JP. My business Instagram is bright tax sc uh, and then on my website is www.brighttaxsc.net and then i'm offering discovery calls to everybody that's looking to start uh on sh- becoming financially empowered and you know financial literacy and getting coach um, to start on their financial journey so i'm offering free discovery calls and also uh free financial audits on any small business um so if anybody's interested they just have to go and follow on social media and then you know book awesome. their consultation with them. awesome and i'll make sure to share that in the show notes make a little note that you have some coaching and workshops and things like that the one thing that i wanted to share is how i connected with you besides yeah. seeing you for the first time and it kind of is a full recap of everything Everything that we discussed today, what you shared basically is what I saw on a social media post just by seeing you. And just first I was like, wow, she's young and she's accomplished all of this kudos to her. I was, I felt like I was seeing a family member. I was so proud of you. It was just beautiful for me, a beautiful experience to meet you, to connect with you. Just really a full circle moment because you mentioned something about showing up as yourself on social media. And when I met you, I felt that. I felt that you were showing up as yourself and it really resonated a lot. I just wanted to thank you for just coming on and having a chat with me and I just got to know so much more about you and I love you even more and I can't wait to see you again. Oh, you didn't share something. You didn't share about the book. Tell me oh, more about the book. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Never Fear Fire is actually just launched at 12 a.m. last night. And it's basically a collaboration along 17 women by Women Warriors and the founder, Jennifer Capella. We decided to do this collaboration because we really wanted to open our hearts and share intimate stories with other women out there so that we can somehow uplift them, empower them, and guide them into the right path to find their true power. Because sometimes we hide in the shadow because we think our stories don't matter or that maybe we're the only one going through them. And I experienced that myself when I was going through postpartum depression. And, you know, it was very hard because I kept all of that to myself. I kept all of it to myself and it was very hard because I thought it was weird to just share and open up about it. And and that's actually stuff that I talk about in my chapter. And I just hope to inspire and uplift and bring some type of like motivation and strength to other young mothers, first time mothers uh, out there uh, with my story. And there's different stories about everything in that book. So yeah, everybody can grab their copy on Amazon. <laughs> and I'll share that link as well so that everyone can get their copy. And I am definitely going to get mine. I'm going to hold a book because I know a few of the women on there. So I want autographs from everybody. So. <laughs> <laughs> Great. (laughs) I love that. So thank you so much, Jennifer, for joining me. And I am really thankful that everyone tuned in. And I hope that if you're listening to this, that you take care of yourself, believe in yourself, know that in the midst, that when you can't see that there are people that are support you, there are, you just have to look. So I send you my love and a big hug and stay tuned. Check the show notes and take care. Stay tuned for the next episode of Inspired by Jacqueline. Take care.